There's a lot of books out there, but there's none like this book. And uh, so thankful for the Word of God. Second Corinthians chapter four tonight. We'll start there again this evening. We're going to continue to look at the spirit of faith, and uh, we looked last night at the spirit of faith's victory. And tonight I want to look at the next uh, portion of the passage and look at the spirit of faith's voice. The spirit of faith's voice. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Stand with me if you're able. We'll read verses 13 down through 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning verse number 13. The Bible says, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for the opportunity to be here. And God, we pray that you would take this time and take this passage and uh, Lord, this voice, this vessel... And Lord, I pray that you would deliver to all of our hearts the truths of your word. Father, we know that uh, it's through the word of God that we grow. And Lord, I pray that each and every one of us, Lord, tonight would realize that we all still have some growing to do, especially when it comes to our faith. And so God, I pray that you'd help us tonight as we look at another aspect of the spirit of faith. Lord, I pray that we would gain instruction I pray that our hearts would be stirred. Lord, I pray that our lives would be changed. I pray that our walk of faith would be stronger than when we walked in the doors tonight when we leave. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I love verse number 13. I love the progression that you see in verse number 13. He says, we having the same spirit of faith, According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. This is a quote from Psalm 116. I believed and therefore have I spoken. And I'm thankful that the Bible tells us in Matthew 12 verse 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And uh, you know, Uh, The the spirit of faith will speak, amen? And when you have the spirit of faith at work in your life, it will open up your lips 
and you will speak of the truths of the word of God and the life of faith. He says, uh, uh, as, as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. The, the, the spirit of faith's voice, first of all, is a voice of conviction. These are not empty words that are spoken, uh, but it is, uh, it is the message of the heart that is spoken through the lips uh, regarding faith in God's word and faith in God's way. Genuine faith cannot remain silent. Genuine faith cannot remain silent. I think about in, the, in, in uh, Mark chapter 5 when the woman with the issue of blood uh, came to Jesus. And the Bible says there's a multitude there. And, uh, and as Jesus passed through the crowd, he stopped. He said, somebody touched me. And the disciples said, Lord, you see the multitude. Uh, of course, there's, you know, uh, you're not going to get through this crowd without being touched. But Jesus understood this touch was different than the rest. And he said, no, virtue has gone out of me. Someone touched me in faith. And virtue has gone out of me. And that woman with the issue of blood, she said in her heart, she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. You know what that is? That's the spirit of faith. Amen. She said, I don't even need him to look my way. I don't need him to say anything to me. All I need to do is touch the hem of his garment. I just need to get close to the Lord. And if I can get enough to touch him, my life can be changed. Well, that's faith. That's great faith. And so she touches the hem of the garment. The Bible says immediately the issue of her blood dried up. She was healed in that moment. She'd spent 12 years and gone to all these physicians and spent all that she had and was none better but grew worse. But one touch of the hem of Christ's garment healed her. But I'm interested in what happened after that touch. Jesus stops. He turns around. He says, who touched me? You know what? At first, nobody said anything. The woman didn't say anything. She was afraid. You say, why would she be afraid? Well, you know, technically speaking, she was not supposed to be out and about in the condition she was in. She didn't say anything at first. She was a little fearful to say something, but Jesus waited a little while. And he asked again, hey, somebody touched me. Virtue went out of me. Somebody touched me. You know what? Finally, she said she admitted that she was the one who touched him. Listen, genuine faith cannot remain silent. I get, I get real worried about these closet Christians. I, I get concerned that maybe they didn't get what they say they got. Listen, I understand we got the flesh and there's pressure from the world and all of these things and, 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 and they try to keep us from, from speaking out for Christ. But listen, if Christ has done a work in your heart, you cannot remain silent for long. With the heart man believeth unto, the right, unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation I believe he's saying there listen you get saved it's a matter of the heart is that right it's not magic words you say to get saved is that right you believe with your heart and if you truly believe with your heart you will confess with your mouth amen 
I'm saying the spirit of faith, uh, genuine faith, cannot remain silent because there's a voice. It is a voice of conviction. I believed and therefore have I spoken. What do you truly believe in? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Don't be afraid to be a testimony and a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. That spirit of faith has to speak. You say, preacher, I'm just not, you know, I'm not outgoing. I'm not uh, an extrovert like you. You don't know me very well. I'm not an extrovert. I seem like an extrovert, but I'm not. When I was a little kid, I've been singing in church uh, up on the platform with my brothers and my mom since I was two years old. You'd think I wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't bother me to be in front of people. I grew up doing it. I get up on a platform and sing, but I couldn't order a cheeseburger at McDonald's. I wouldn't look at anybody. I'd be just like this all the time. Wouldn't look up. I didn't like being around people. I had four older brothers. I hid behind them all the time. Now I'm too big to hide behind them. But listen, when I got saved, I'm not not saying it changes your personality, but it puts something inside of you that you believe. And that, that voice of conviction, that spirit of faith, it just believes the Bible and it believes what God has to say. And you see that illustrated in the life of Caleb. I mentioned a little bit last night about his words. Let me just, let me just give you some quotes from Caleb's uh, life and uh, from the record of Caleb's uh, words. Listen to what he says. We are well able. That sounds like conviction to me. How about this? He will bring us into the land and give it to us. That sounds like conviction. Seems like he was convinced of what God had said. I like this one. He said, they are bread for us. Amen? I like that. He's not cocky. He's not saying, boy, I I can do this. He's saying, our God can do this. And, and God's going to use them to feed us. Listen, you know when they got in the land of promise, guess what happened? That manna that had been fallen in the wilderness for 40 years, guess what? That shut off. God turned it off. He said, okay, it's time to change your diet. You're moving up to stage two. Amen? You got little ones here, a lot of little ones running around here. You move them up, you know, from one, from one uh, stage diet to the next. Why, you want, to, you want to get them up to where they can eat all the stuff that we enjoy, amen? And when they got in the, in the land of promise, God said, okay, you're where I want you to be. You don't need this man anymore. They just walk into a new land. And they, listen, they didn't bring their food with them. They were given their food every day. So how did they eat? God had storehouses full of food from the people that had worked the ground and labored there and and these nations that they drove out, they ate their food. They had enough food until they could plant their own and grow their own for the next year. Hey, God's got it all taken care of. God's going to use that opposition to feed you. Amen. 
He said, Caleb said, they're bread for us. That's what they are. Listen to what else he said. Their defense is departed from them. They don't have a good defense. Amen? He says, the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Man, I like that. What is that? That's a voice of conviction. How did he know what was all over there? I mean, he went and he spied out the land, but he couldn't see it all. He didn't see all the armies. He didn't see all the nations. How could he know that they could overcome them? He did not have to know everything about the enemy. He knew about his God. This is the voice of conviction. These are not pep rally words coming from Jacob or from Caleb. They are coming from a heart of conviction. Look at Joshua chapter 14. Doing okay? Look at Joshua 14. He said, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Joshua 14. Look at verse number 6. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again, look at this last phrase, as it was in mine, what? Heart. You know what Joshua said? I did not tell you what you wanted to hear. I didn't say what the people wanted to hear. I said what God had put in my heart. Know what he did? He preached what he believed. And he believed what he preached. I don't have any confidence with guys who preach one thing somewhere and change it and preach something else at the next place because they need to fit in with whoever they're preaching to. Either you believe it or you don't believe it. And if you don't believe it, you got no business preaching it. That's why I have a problem with all these so-called Bible colleges that don't believe the Bible. You're making a living off something you don't even believe. You're no better than a snake oil salesman. Amen. Caleb said, you know what I just did? I just, I, I heard what God said and I believed it and therefore I, have I spoken. I brought word again as it was in mine heart. You say, preacher, how do I... How do I get to where my words and my voice is a voice of conviction like Caleb's? Well, the Bible says to hide God's word in your heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If you'll fill up your heart with the word of God, you can have a voice of conviction when it comes to the things of God. And the life that God has given us to live, the walk of faith. Living by faith in Jesus above. A voice of conviction. Let me tell you, or give you the second thing here. Not only was it a voice of conviction, but it was a voice of calm. 
Look at Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. Numbers 14. We're going to be going a lot to Numbers and a lot to Joshua because this is pretty much the record of what we have of Caleb's life, a little bit in Deuteronomy as well. There's, a not, there's not a lot written about Caleb, but what is written about Caleb I love to read. It's such an encouragement to me. His life was just a life of faith. In Numbers, uh, I'm sorry, 13, not 14, Numbers 13, we've read the report, and, and uh, <clears throat> we can read it again, of the ten tribes, verse 27, they told him and said, We came into the land which thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, and the, uh, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. I love that description of what Caleb does there with the people. He stilled the people. You know what he said? Hey, everybody just calm down. You know how quickly it seems like the people of God can get whipped into a frenzy and whipped into worry and trouble and one little report can just send us all, ah, what's going on and what's going to happen and where are we going to go and who's going to come? What's Listen, Caleb said, hey, just calm down. It was a crisis time, a a, a a fork in the road, a very momentous occasion in the life of Israel. And, and listen, the hardest thing to do when there's uncertainty and when there's, when there's uh, trouble and when there's, when there's uh, uh, pressure, the hardest thing to do is to just be calm. One thing's for sure, when, when we get blindsided with something, we need to remember that God has never been blindsided by anything. Caleb didn't know everything that, he, that, that was going to happen and exactly how it was going to play out, but he had faith in God's ability and in God's plan. And this is what he said, hey, just calm down. The voice of calm. The, the word still means to stop as motion or agitation, to check or restrain, to make quiet. It means to appease. It means to calm as tumult, agitation, or excitement, as to still the passions. A spirit, listen, a hasty spirit is not a, a spirit of faith. Stillness, listen, think with, with me about this. 
Stillness is not the result of calm and quiet circumstances. Stillness is the result of faith in circumstances that are not calm and quiet. It's easy to be still when things are still. Right? When things are going the way you want them to go, when the health report is good and the financial report is good and the family report is good and, and the church report is good, that, that's not hard to be still in those times. But when you get bad reports, you know what, you know what Israel got? They got 10 evil reports. Is that right? And the heart starts pumping a little harder and, the, and, the, and you get that little choking feeling. You say, man, what am I going to do? Listen, be still and know that he is God. Look with me at that verse. It's in Psalm 46. We always quote the first part of the verse. It's, it's uh, one of those that I call a, uh, a Bible calendar verse. And it's because, you know, you'll see this on pretty much every scripture calendar. You'll see Psalm 46, verse 10. But you only see the first part of the verse. There's another part to it. Psalm 46, and, and I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses. one of my wife's favorite verses in the Bible. Um, you know, we have 11 children and we travel 10 months out of the year. Not too much stillness in our lives but we can have stillness in our hearts regardless of the stillness or the or the quickness of life look at uh, psalm 46 verse 10 it says be still and know that i am god and then you see that dot dot that means uh, after after god okay he's 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 finished this, the, the thought, but he's going to give another thought that's going to connect to that one. Okay? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, you say, what, what is the connection here? Well, there's several truths in this verse. Number one, we understand that without being still... It intimates to us and indicates to us that if we're not still, we're not going to be filled with the knowledge that He is God. Be still and know that I am God. See, when you're frazzled and you're worried and you're concerned and, and, and you're just uncontrollable, you are not resting in the sovereignty of Almighty God. You know it here, but you're not living it. You're not experiencing it in your heart. Be still and know that I'm God. And so it's in the stillness that we, we are reminded that, that he is God. But then also we understand from this verse that as we are still, that God will be exalted among the heathen. You know how the heathen see our God? Primarily through us. Right? We are the, the epistles of God. 
were living epistles. And so they see us. Listen, one, one of the things that, that the Lord really dealt with my heart about is if we respond the same way the world responds to trouble, then they will never see our God. If, if we get hopeless and we go through the same things that they go through, we lose loved ones, right? We lose health, we lose finances. We go through seasons of loss in our lives. So do they. How are they going to see any difference? How are they going to see our God if we respond to trouble the same way they respond to trouble? They're not going to see our God. You say, well, preacher, I just don't, I just, it's hard. I know it's hard, but God's grace is sufficient. We either believe that or we don't. We've got to hang on to the word of God and by faith receive it, by faith believe it. And listen, when we take God at his word, he changes our lives from the inside. He may not change our circumstance, but he changes our hearts and our lives. And he's, he gives us the ability to be still in tumultuous times. So this voice of faith, it's a voice of, 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 uh, of conviction, and it's a voice of calm. Let me give you this, and we'll be through. Look at, look at Joshua chapter 14. Think about this tonight. Calling this third point the voice of credibility. It kind of connects with what we just talked about with the stillness and the calm. Voice of faith is a voice of credibility. There's a phrase in the Bible that you find six times and every one of these times that this phrase is specifically used, it is in connection to Caleb. He gets his own phrase in the Bible. That's pretty cool. Right? Kind of like Abraham, the friend of God. He's the only one in the Bible that was called the friend of God. Now Moses talked with God as a man speaking with his friend. But Abraham got that title. It's pretty, that's pretty special. Well, this phrase that we're about to read is always used in connection to Caleb. And, uh, and also one time it's connected to Joshua. But Caleb is also in that context. Uh, Joshua chapter 14, uh, we read verses 6 and 7. He talks about, I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Now look at verse number 8. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I, here it is, wholly followed the Lord my God. That phrase right there, holy followed, that's Caleb's phrase. Think about that phrase for a minute. Holy followed. Holy means completely. Spirit, soul, body. 
Caleb was all in on following God. He didn't just talk about following God. He didn't just sing about following God. He didn't just outwardly follow God. Listen, he followed God in his spirit, his soul, and his body. He was sold out. You used to hear that phrase a lot. A sold out Christian. You don't hear it much anymore. You know what it means? And they and sometimes they put this. He's just sold out. Lock, stock, and barrel. I'd hear that as a kid, and I thought, I don't know what that means, but Lord, if I got a barrel, I got a lock. I didn't have a stock because nobody would buy me a rifle as a kid. But you know what that means? It just means you give it all to God. You're not holding anything back. That describes Caleb's spirit, his life. He was just all cast everything he had on the, on the word of God. And he said, I believe what God says and I'm going to wholly follow God. He did it in the face of the majority. He says right here in this verse, the, my brethren which that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Ten against two. And Caleb said, I'm not going to go with the majority. And then those ten convinced the multitude. They convinced the entire nation. And Caleb still isn't budging. You believe whatever you want to believe. I'm going to believe God. And I'm going to wholly follow God. He makes that statement about himself here. You see this? But I wholly followed the Lord my God. That's a big statement. big statement but you know what you and I have both met folks or read about people who said I'm all in man I it used to make me cringe when I was pastoring if somebody come up to me and say preacher I'm behind you all the way because most times they weren't and the Lord put it up to the test on that well, I remember one family we had come one time, and uh, they kind of had the reputation of being church hoppers. And, uh, but man, they came in, they just seemed to love it. I said, well, we'll see, you know. And we were at a meeting at another church. We were visiting this meeting, and this family came along with us, and they had testimony time. Danger zone. Amen. Testimony time is danger zone. <laughs> In special meetings. But anyway, they had testimony time. And, and, uh, and I'm not against testimony time. Please don't. I'm just saying you've got to be careful. And this lady stood up from this family that was at our church. And she said, you know, for so many years, I just never thought there was a perfect church. And she said, but now we finally found the perfect church. I'm not making this up. Am I making this up, girls? They were there. They heard it. She said, we found the perfect church. I thought maybe she was talking about the church we were visiting. <laughs> but no, she was talking about our church. I was kind of hoping she was talking about the church we were visiting because I knew our church wasn't perfect. I mean, any church I pastor can't be a perfect church. 
you know, you said amen way too much right there, okay? I thought, oh boy, here we go. And listen, right then and there, I thought, they ain't going to make it. They ain't going to make it. But you hear, you'll hear people say, well, I just love the Lord with all my heart. Especially if you're on social media, you'll hear all kinds of people talk about how much they love God. It's easy to say. These days, it's way too easy to say. Caleb said it here. Didn't he say, Caleb said, I wholly follow the Lord my God. That's big words. But look, look what happens. Look at verse 9. He's given the account of his conversation with Moses. It says, And Moses swear on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Wow. Now you just don't have Caleb saying it. You've got Moses' testimony of Caleb's life. That matters. But it doesn't stop there. Look at verse number 14. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, unto this day, because... That he, what? Wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. You say, well, who's talking here? God is. This is not a quote from Caleb. It's not a quote from Moses. This is God's written record now. You can say, man, I'm going to wholly follow the Lord. I've wholly followed the Lord. And, And if you can say that, Praise God, I hope that you have. And then you can even have Moses, the man of God, look at your life and say, man, you've wholly followed the Lord. This guy is wholly following the Lord. That's great. But you know what? It really matters. It only matters if God's record of your life is he has wholly followed the Lord. Moses or Caleb said, I've wholly followed the Lord. And God said, you're exactly right. I call that credible. Amen. That's a voice of credibility. Caleb was not perfect. He wasn't sinless. Come on. He didn't have all the answers. But I'll tell you what Caleb had. He had a complete faith in the Lord, his God. He didn't have a whole Bible. You know what Caleb had? He had what he had heard God say from the mount. And by the way, the people did hear God speaking from the mount. Check the record. It's in there. They would have heard a lot better had they not come up with their modern worship service. That's what's happening in these churches God might be speaking, but there's no way they can hear him because they're so filled with the flesh. Amen. They couldn't hear God speak. So God spoke. So Caleb, I'm sure Caleb was trying to hear what God had to say. 
And then all, the only other thing he had is what Moses came down with from the mount. The books of the law. But you know what Caleb had? He believed. Man, we've, we've got from Genesis to Revelation, we know. Listen, I know what church you're in right now. You know that this is God's word. It's been taught to you. It's been proven to you. It's, you've been shown how this is not the words of men. This is in truth the word of God. We've got the whole thing, the entire revelation of man. God has given to us and preserved for us in our own language. We have history to look back upon and see all of those who put their faith in God's word and God never let them down. We have all of that. Listen, let's just take God at his word and let's say I'm going to wholly follow God. Well, the family won't like it. Didn't look like Caleb's family liked it. He just decided he's going to follow the Lord. And he's going to wholly follow the Lord. The spirit of faith's voice. I wonder tonight, if we went around the room, and I ask each one of us, individually, are you wholly following the Lord? What would be our answer? And then we took it a step further and say, okay, for all those who said, yeah, I, I preach, I really believe I'm wholly following the Lord. Okay, let's get your leaders up here and let's, let, let's ask them if you are wholly following the Lord. Well, I don't think that'd be right. I'm just saying, that's what we're reading in Joshua 14, right? Caleb said, I've wholly followed the Lord. And, and Moses said, yeah, you have. Listen, if you think that's, that's a little too close for comfort, one day we are all going to stand before our Savior. And we're going to get his account of our lives. We're going to give an account to God. And listen, don't... We make it so much harder than what it really is. We think we've got to do this and do that and be this and be that to please God. Listen, faith pleases God. He is not hard to please. Amen. He just wants you to trust him. Listen, you've probably heard this a million times. The foundation of a relationship is built on trust. Come on, guys, if every night you get home from work and if you're one minute late and the wife starts grilling you about where have you been, 
She starts checking you all over. Any lipstick on you? We smell your clothes. Make sure don't smell any liquor. What kind of relationship is that going to be? Come on, ladies. If, he's, if, if every day he comes home and says, okay, give, I want to see your phone. I want to see the printout of every time you use the credit card today. I mean, if you're a guy, don't do that. You'll be looking for a bridge to jump off or something. Come on. If, if there's no trust, you've got a lousy relationship. You know what God wants of us? He just wants us to believe him. He just wants us to trust him. He just wants us when he says, hey, this is what you should do and this is what you shouldn't do. He just wants us to say, okay, Lord. And sometimes he explains why and sometimes he doesn't. Come on, you guys, you know I like the book of Leviticus, right? I'm reading through there, and it's like God says, you can eat that, can't eat that. And he doesn't even tell them why. Most of us, listen, most of us in Western culture, we're, we're like whiny little brats. Whang, whang, whang. And the Lord just, he's just, hey, would you just trust me on this? You don't always have to have a reason. Amen. You know that he loves you, right? And you know that he's wiser than you. Can we, all, can we agree on those things? We know that he never makes a mistake. We agree on those. So let's just trust him. Let's just trust him. Caleb just trusted God. You know, probably, probably there's probably some Israelites that thought, well, Caleb, you're just a yes man to God. You just think, you just read the Bible and you just believe everything that it says. Yep, that's me. Everybody can have faith. Everybody, anybody can have faith. And it all starts with faith in God's word. This is how we know God. This is how we have a relationship with God. Get in the word of God and let it get in you and just live by it. Well, you know, the culture and this and that. Do you think God knows about culture? you think God knows about styles? Come on. Caleb just had simple faith in the word of God. And when he said, I'm just going to wholly follow the Lord, got down to the end of his life, and the Lord said, yeah, that's exactly what you've done. One of these days, we're going to stand before the Lord. I want to hear more than anything else in this world. I want the Lord to say to me, well done. That's what, I, listen, that's what I'm shooting for. And this week, you know, hopefully you'll say, you know, preacher, well done, good job. That'd be nice, but I don't have to have that. I don't have to have that. 
I do have to have his approval. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Dear God, the, the, the more I walk with you, the longer I live, the more I realize, Lord, everything about our relationship with you revolves around this book. And Lord, please help us to just believe it, just live according to it, just have simple faith. I'm so encouraged in my heart tonight because there's a lot of things I can't do, but one thing I can do, I can believe you. I can trust you. Help us, Lord, to do that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.